Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Thank you for this day that you have made for us to rejoice and be glad. Thank you for the knowledge of God. Thank you for this time that we live. Thank you for our marriages, our families, our communities. Thank you for our leaders, our governments. We pray, Father God, that you would direct this nation in the path of righteousness for your name's sake, Lord, in the midst of darkness, that you might shine brightly through our lives, through our examples, through our carrying responsibility you've given us, stewarding, Father God, all the things that you've given us. Lord, we bless you. We thank you for being in the house of the Lord. We thank you for the knowledge of God. We thank you for Jesus Christ, which has opened a new and living way in the purpose of God. We pray that you would advance the gospel uh, throughout the earth, through our lives, Lord, as we grow and mature in these things. We give you thanks and we ask you to bless your word now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. One of the things that confronts us is the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is defined by God's measure of existence. God does nothing that's not righteous. He's not part of anything unrighteous. He calls his people to be righteous so they could represent his kingdom. So we are overwhelmed. We just saw David Barton and giving us some advice. And some of us are like, I don't want to listen to this man. It's too much information. Um, uh, Wellington Boone says he's sick and tired of low information Christians. Christians that don't want to make a difference. Well, listen to me. We are on the earth as soon as we come to Jesus Christ to manifest the righteousness of God to all peoples everywhere. And then people see us think, when they see us speak, when they see us live, they will see a glimpse of heaven on earth. They will say, well, listen to me, how do you do it? One of the questions that the men in Jacksonville had for us, one of the questions was, how do you guys all get along? There are 40 guys. I mean, how, how did you guys form this bond that you guys go and you're here and you're all serving together? That blew them away. And that's nothing more than the righteousness of God. To be able to dwell together with the brethren is a manifestation of putting our selfishness aside. When was the last time you paid for a hotel room that did not benefit your family at Walt Disney? That did not benefit your family on vacation and leisure? Here you go to Jacksonville. The, the, the Notre Dame uh, uh, fighting Irish were playing the Navy. Surely you went up there to watch the football game, right? That's why you paid the hotel. It didn't make sense to go up there and stay in a hotel or a motel depending on uh, where you decided but the scenario was that these men sacrificed they sacrificed for one another they sacrificed their families their families didn't have dad at home on that day uh, an entire Friday and some of them didn't have them for Saturday as these men made themselves back six hours but but all the definition that this pastor says um, he says this is the righteousness of God don't try and do it on your own because you'll never be able to live like God upon the earth without the grace of God. So God has given us a full measure of his grace in Jesus Christ. It's always been the standard of God. God has never lowered his standard. The Bible says that Jesus dying on the cross was the transference of the righteousness of God to our lives. Second 
Corinthians 5.21. God, since he saw we couldn't get there, he gave it to us. It was a gift. Here it is. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God living through him. God swapped. He gave Christ who had no sin became sin so we who had no righteousness could have righteousness and that is occasion for great celebration and that is the definition of Christianity that confounds the religious circles of our time they're like how could these people be talking about not cheating on your wife they get upset I can't stop cheating on my wife. I'm always looking at another woman. Well, when Christ is living in you, you would not desire anyone but the wife God gave you. And all the men say, Amen. 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 You're not married, Leo. Keep it down. That's a, he's speaking prophetically here. He's a single man. But one day he'll have only passion and desire for one woman. For his wife, the one God gives him. And, and you can't do that outside the righteousness of God. Listen, this is the controversy. That God discerns people between whether they're righteous or whether they're not righteous. And that's how God looks at things. Either you're living... They, they, we live in this, this crazy swampland of maybes and gray uh, 50 whatever degree... What is it? 50 shades, that's right. 50 shades of gray. How disgusting that we who have been called to draw a line between right and wrong. They say, Pastor, why do you use the word absolutely? Why? Because I want to live in a world of absolutes. Either you love God or you don't. Either you have the righteousness of God or you don't. Either you're faithful or you're not. It doesn't depend. It's not maybe. We, we live, we've conformed to a world of, of everything is in the middle. And God does it. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 18, he says like this. He says, you will be able to distinguish between a righteous man and an unrighteous man. You will be able to discern between the righteous and the wicked. God doesn't have a, a middle man struggling. He's giving us the gift to live the power of God's life in this world, to think righteously, to speak righteously, to judge righteously, to do that which honors God. Remember that righteousness is the measure of God. He's the measure of God for our land. And wickedness is the expression, the absence of righteousness. And God says, here's what I call righteous, one who serves God. If you serve God, you're righteous. If you don't serve God, you're wicked. You're wicked. How could you not serve God? How could you not do things for God? He's done a lot for us. So this becomes our pursuit. Um, and, and people don't like that in this world. Because if you, if you stand a righteous man against a lazy man who doesn't serve God, he's going he's gonna to show forth. A lot of the men were crying in Jacksonville after our conference they were broken there was like why why don't i become what god wants me to become and and be mature and grow up and start taking responsibility and, and this begins uh, slowly and it becomes uh begins in this regards uh, one step 
in, in the right direction. Proverbs 21, 21, whoever pursues righteousness will find all things God has for him. So why does God want us to be righteous? It's not because he wants to prove that you're the best, but because righteousness is the land of prosperity. He says he who follows righteousness um, will find life, prosperity, and honor. We'll find the purpose of our existence when we do everything crooked and everything twisted and everything distorted. And, and we, you know, we've had conversations in the last days. Uh, whenever we're going to be inspection, they're not going to find out we could hide doing the right thing. We could cover up. So we don't, don't accept that. Don't accept covering anything. Do what's right. I mean, that's what God told Cain. If you did what's right, you wouldn't be depressed. Do what's right. Get around people that love the pursuit of excellence, righteousness, to do things on time. Uh, forget about excuses. Forget about, uh, I always say that, that, that this is the game plan for the vision of this church. Draw a line between right and wrong. You gotta draw that line, it's called morality, and then run as far as you can in the, in the right direction. Be so far in the advanced into righteousness, you won't accidentally stumble over unto unrighteousness. You won't, you won't be pushed over or persuaded over to the dark side. You won't do that. You'll be so passionate. The, the men about this church, listen to me, this, is, this characterizes the men who have come as of lately to this church. They had no idea that they could be warriors of righteousness. They, they're just passionate. It's like, where, where are the heads of the wicked? We want to slay the dragons. We want to confront darkness. We want to push it out of our lives, out of our children's lives, out of our marriages, out of our finances. We want to prosper and succeed. Well, the standard of righteousness is Christ. Do all things as if you were doing them for the Lord. Do all things. Uh, here's what Paul tells Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, 11. There's a lot of people doing a lot of twisted things, but you, man of God, you who have call, been called to do things different, flee. Run away from things that are wrong, unrighteous, and pursue righteousness. Pursue righteousness. Make it your standard for excellence. Quit allowing you to be defined by things twisted. Pursue righteousness like God. Righteousness like God. Faith is the pursuit of righteousness. Be enveloped in love and patience and, and gentleness. Um, the description of righteousness um, is there in Romans chapter 3 verse 10. Uh, as, as we listen to these words you'll understand why God doesn't want us to not be righteous here it goes it says Romans chapter 3 verse 10 as the scripture says no one is righteous not even one no one's like God the first thing that it it defines as not being righteous in the next verse is none live wisely none who understands uh, there's no one who is wise there's no one um, who seeks after God because if you're going to be wise, it's because you're getting the download from God. Where are we getting all this life? This, we call it the world-changing laboratory. We're inviting people to come into this place because here we want to learn righteousness, grow in righteousness, mature, uh, be filled with wisdom, uh, be, uh, know how to seek after God. God the righteousness is found in God. Uh, a lot of people think, well, why are they pushing all these rules upon me? 
Why, why are they making me live like this? Why, why do they dispel darkness and foolishness and wickedness? Why, why, why? Listen to me, because there's a life that's within the boundaries of righteousness. It's going to be like you're dreaming. You're going to be living like God created you to live. And that's what he was saying there in Isaiah chapter 1 um, when he was saying to these words, you guys are not going to be derelicts no more. You're going to be seen... Uh, you're going to be seen as a city of righteousness. Chapter uh, 1, verse 26. That was David Barton was saying. When you restore leaders, that's what's happening in this place. We're raising up leaders as at the beginning, as at the first. There was never a foolish leader. Listen to me. I was practicing law once, and I went up to the case. I went up to the case. It was a family law. And, and I tell the judge, judge, do you imagine that this husband is going to be living with the same sex partner. He's taking the children over there. His mom doesn't want him to, to take a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and bring him over on weekends for visitation to see his father having same-sex marriage with his partner. And I was making a great argument. And I could hear the chorus of angels behind me say, Hallelujah and Amen. Except the judge says, What's wrong with being gay? I live with my partner. I was like, oops. That's a wrong argument to be making to a wicked judge. A judge whose standard of righteousness was darkness. And God is saying, I will restore your judges at, at the beginning. And your counselors as at the beginning. Then you will be called a, the city of righteousness. A faithful city. You know, Christ is our righteousness. He's been given to us so that we don't have an issue. We, do, we don't have to be... Uh, signaled out in Romans 3.10 when it's talking about no one is righteous, no one is truly wise, no one seeks after God. Verse 12, chapter 3, verse 12 says every single person has turned away and become altogether unprofitable. There is no one who does good, no, not one. How many understand that God knows that we've fallen? Just, just God, God doesn't have issue with the fact that we've fallen so pervertedly we're becoming so distorted. We're so disconnected and distant from God's measure. When we hear God's measure, we want to give up just by listening to it. I freaked out when I walked into church for the first time, 16 years old, ready? Boom, you can't have sex. That was God's standard of measure and righteousness. That wasn't my measure in the 80s when I walked into the church. I was like, these guys are Martians. How could you live without having sex until you get married? Marriage was so far off for me. And so when they put the standard of righteousness, I said, these guys are living in an unreal world. I want to tell you now, after 34 years, it's not an unreal world. That righteousness is attainable when Christ lives in your heart. You'll be able to live for God passionately, securely, fully, entirely. You're not putting it on. It's not a pretense. You're not faking it. It's the real deal. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He who began the good work in you will finish it. So we're pursuing righteousness without apology. And that doesn't define me when, when it says there, no one is good. No, not one. There's not a measure of anyone. Uh, how does he measure um, goodness? In verse 13, he says, by what you speak. The righteousness begins in your tongue. The throat is open tomb. Their tongues have practiced deceit. They're liars. They have poison, toxic under their lips. They can't speak righteously. How could they ever live righteously? 
as you begin to transform your words by transforming your heart. Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If we're full of wickedness in our heart, our mouth is speaking twisted things all the time. But when you let Jesus come and live inside, you start speaking truth, and the truth will set you free. You'll stop being a snake. You'll stop being double-minded. Verse 14, he says, their mouth are full of bad words, bitterness. They're full of things that are twisted. Hi, David. They're full of things that are twisted. Romans 3, 14, their mouths are full of twisted words, bitterness. Righteousness begins to establish righteousness. When you speak righteousness, you're headed in the direction of light. Darkness is left. It says that when they speak wrong, they act wrong. Verse 15, they speak wrong, they're swift to go do things that are wrong. Verse 16, destruction and misery are what follows them. Destruction and misery. That used to define the life of the unrighteous in my life. It was going to be a nightmare in my life. Righteousness comes in and it's a dream. Verse 17, they don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. God is in no way in their life. They have no way of peace, no way of prosperity. They haven't known it. But you know what it says there in the Bible? Verse 20, no one could ever be made right with God by doing laws. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. God's standard only shows us how low we are. So God had to do something, and he says it right there in verse 21. But now God has shown us a way to be made righteous with him, not by keeping the law, not by keeping the law, but by receiving Christ. Verse 22, we are made righteous by God by placing our eyes through faith on Jesus Christ. To all and on all who believe, there is no difference. God has not made any exceptions. Verse 23, for everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's standard. But it's his grace, verse 24. Verse 24, it's his grace being justified freely through grace. That work of redemption that is in Christ Jesus. He made us right in him verse 28 so we are made right with God through faith not because we obey rules not because we're keeping rules but we know now and finally that righteousness is our measure it's our pursuit it's our standard this is our 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 excellence um, being able to raise up sons 2 Timothy 3.16 says, The Bible is given to us so that we can be instructed in righteousness. Correction, instruction in righteousness. One of the translations says training in righteousness. All scripture is given to us. The entire Bible, our meditation for profitable teaching, for correction, for reproof, for training in righteousness. Let's stand this morning. We thank God for the righteousness of God. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness, and all things will come and be added. Seek first the kingdom of God, the government of God, the rule of God, and His righteousness, and all things shall be added. I want to tell the church this morning, we're not apologizing for His righteousness. We're not apologizing for being the standard and the bearers of the banner of righteousness to this generation. This speaks volumes. It speaks, number one, that God exists, that he has a standard and a measure for excellence, and it's called righteousness. Every expression of God is righteous. When you're not walking in righteousness, it's unrighteous. It's foolish. It's foolish. 
it lacks wisdom. And as we pursue and grow up in these things, that's going to be the difference. Malachi 4, uh, Malachi 3, 18, you're going to be able to tell the difference between those that are wicked and those that are righteous, those who serve God and those who do not serve Him. Uh, I, I want to encourage you, uh, even as we live throughout this next election period, um, I have no, no qualms. I, I, don't, I don't have any. I'm not confused about uh, who's out there and what they're doing and what's going to happen next. I know that it's the church of Jesus Christ, the one that, that are growing, they're learning, they're grounded in truth and righteousness, and that is a blessing to all nations a people that desire to walk in the light. And hear what it says in Isaiah um, chapter 2. It says, there will be in the last days, Isaiah 2.2, after it's talking about that faithful, righteous city of righteousness, it says, and it shall come in the last days, the last days, that the mountain of the Lord's house will be established on the tops of all other mountains and shall be exalted above all the hills and all the nations shall come. The people are going to want to come and learn righteousness through your life, through your example, through your words, through your passion. Uh, verse 3, it says, Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of our God. He will teach us His ways and we shall walk in His path. Uh, there for out of Zion shall go forth the law, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. What's that mean? That God is going to be able to raise up your life as a standard in these days. Um, listen, people have issues about how we love God and love his commandments and his order. Uh, they produce peace in our life, prosperity in our finances. They just, it, it's just an expression of goodness to the ends of the earth. Um, in a day of deception, a day of darkness, a day where people are desperate, the, the righteousness of God will prevail. And so pursue it a thousand percent. Don't apologize for it. Last night at Living Stones, what they did was phenomenal. If you would have heard the preaching last night, if the generations of the youth the millennials will hear that when you're close to the Father is where you're blessed. Because right now they're selling this thing out there. There are no fathers and to be near him is a curse and a restriction and a limitation. And that's the devil masking his gospel of poverty. But the prosperity is being close to dad and there's an inheritance. Father, thank you for this day that we're in the house of God. Thank you that there is a place, a wellspring of righteousness where your word showers us and falls like the dew of heaven over our lives. Father, I come against every guilt trip that the devil has placed in the heart of your people. This is not by our works of self-righteousness. It's by the righteousness that has been placed over us through faith in Jesus Christ. That he has become sin so that we were made the righteousness of God and allow doors to open and expand and allow confidence and boldness, Lord, where we can take the land by the righteousness of Christ that has been imputed over our lives, over our hearts. Allow us to be filled with wisdom, to be filled with light, with words of prosperity and blessing. Remove curse 
Remove all the toxins of the venomous serpent from our mouths, O God. Allow us to speak that which is the heart of God, the wisdom of God, the truths of God. Be our strength in this day and age, Lord. Allow us to be called the city that is righteous, the city that is faithful, Lord, that we might serve you with excellence, Lord, that people might be able to discern between right living and righteous existence and wickedness and darkness and selfishness, Lord. We pray your blessing upon the families of this church. We pray for blessed finances, for working opportunities to glorify your name, to prosper in all things. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And the house of God says, amen, amen, amen.